Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that dives headfirst with its budgie smugglers on into the orange and black waters of the Cincinnati Bengals. And because it's Super Bowl week, we will be talking about that too. And a little bit later, we have an incredible special guest joining us. I know we say it every week because, frankly, we have had some really amazing special guests. But you have to stick around for him. That's all I'm going to say. It's <laughs> it's here, him. Uh, my name's Paul Hirons, and joining me in the sewing room for the last episode of the series is, as ever, the bum to my bag... <laughs> The run to my DMC, the hot to my chocolate, the roast to my potatoes, the Clark to my Harris, the wet to my wipes, the light to my bulb, the pretter to my manger, the rue to my barb, the Charlene to my Scott. It's Nathan Palmer, everybody. There's a bit of a poetic feel to that this week, Paul. That seems to get... flow a bit better than usual. I'm getting a little bit of a rhythm in there, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I love the uh, the pret reference as well. I thought you might do. We'll get into um... that later. <laughs> <laughs> if Pret want to come on and sponsor this podcast, they are more than welcome. Get in touch. <laughs> now, it is Super Bowl week, and I don't know if you know, Nathan, but Jay Ajayi, this Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> running back, is from the UK. Isn't that amazing? I genuinely didn't know that. No, do you know what? I was on Twitter today, and yeah. I saw you post it out. I was mm. shocked, because I've not seen anyone put anywhere about that. You know, it never gets mentioned on Sky Sports or anything. No, no. I mean, it's amazing. I genuinely didn't know. So, big thank you. <laughs> Uh, to NFL UK for pointing that out on a daily basis. But Nathan, it is... <laughs> get a shade at NFL UK to get this one right. Don't get me started on that. Um, but Nathan, it is Super Bowl week. Do you get excited? Do you know what? I, I, a little bit, but I always have that sense of FOMO. I want to be there. Do you know what I mean? Watching two other teams is like... Seeing... older listeners, uh, could you tell us what FOMO, FOMO means? FOMO is fear of missing out to right, the older okay. listeners out there. But it is, though. It's like seeing two geezers go off with a girl you want. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's difficult to watch. Why? <laughs> <laughs> but, do, I mean, there is excitement there, isn't there, surely? A little bit? Of course there. I mean, the Super Bowl, if it's, a good, if it's a good week, you know, and it's a good game, it's such a spectacle. The entertainment value of it and everything like that. And... Hmm. You know what? I think I think the whole of the NFL community want the Eagles to win it. So I think when you always well, there's sort of a sense of like you want a team to win, plus the spectacle, plus you know, especially in the UK now, a lot of bars are doing it so well where they you know they put on events and there's a lot more hype these days around it than there ever used to be. So I think it'd be a good event. I am excited for it, but I have to say I'm wildly jealous. What about you, Paul? Yeah, same. I do get in. Uh get excited by it um but there is a well just because the Bengals haven't been there for so long it's kind of like well you're used to it really you know it's yeah. it's you're used to the Bengals not being there and um I do enjoy Super Bowl week I enjoy the media uh kind of maelstrom yeah there's another word for you maelstrom. um <laughs> you know I, I enjoy it I enjoy the lead up to it I enjoy the game um I always go down to my my mate's house to watch it, and we have nice snack- bit of food. Yeah, a bit of snackage, yeah. a bit of snackage. What's um, your snackage of choice? Well, I, I, there's an Amer- where I work in West London. There is uh, in the middle of the shopping centre or shopping mall for our American <laughs> listeners. Um, there's like an American food pop up shop. You know what I mean? Those that yeah, sells yeah, kind yeah. of all kinds of American stuff, uh, and they have like Pringles. The fla- flavor of Pringles is ridiculous. So they have like. <laughs> Uh, ranch dressing flavoured and kind of burger and pickles flavoured. They sound disgusting, but they're really good. (laughs) So I get about like three Three pounds worth. Yeah, like in weight, that is, not (laughs) not in money. And then uh, just sort of take them down. And then we might get a few hot things as well to go with it. Because you've got to, like, there's got to be sustenance throughout the evening, right? There has to be. Yeah, I mean, the last Super Bowl, I'll take you back. I was sat there in my front room on my own, bloody watching it, and I had a huge <laughs> bet on Atlanta right. to easily win by, like, 20 points. And it's all, as they went down, I was like, oh, no, be all right, be all right. And then you ended up staying up till three in the morning, seeing Tom Brady come back like that. It was an amazing but, game, wasn't it? Amazing game. One of the best ever, you've got to say. Absolutely. Um, but I, I really think, I just hope this one is because I have a horrible feeling that New England could run away with this one. Really? Yeah. I think they'll either run away with it or I think Philly will keep it tight and sneak it. 
But I have a real feeling that New England could run away with it and it'd be done by half-time. Oh, it just... Oh, blimey. Um, I hope not. I hope it's a good game. Yeah, that's why I say here. Just because I, I think Philadelphia are a really good, well-rounded team. Yes. And you just hope that Nick Foles doesn't bottle it on the on the night. I rate Nick Foles. Yeah. I think... Because there was one season he was in the old MVP race, wasn't there? He was literally... Mm. like he was He was a real threat at one point and then he just sort of went through a bit of a period of... Um, obscurity, but now he's right. You know, he's he, he's won that playoff game. He went into Minnesota and t- you know turned them over. Yeah, but, I mean, imagine that for him because they were saying he was on the bloody Rams last year as a backup quarterback. Now he's leading his team to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the NFL for you. Yeah, it's an incredible story, and I just think that if they can keep Gronkowski quiet on the defense, yeah, which pretty much no other team has managed to do. You've got to get to Brady, haven't you? got to get to Brady. And they have the line to do that. Yeah. They yeah. really do have the, the, the defensive line to do it. So, I don't know. I think it's a difficult one to call, you know. It really is a difficult one What's to call. What's your gut feeling? Who's winning it? What's the score going to be? Put you on the spot here. I'm going, I'm going to go for a Philadelphia win. I'm going to go for a 27-21 victory for Ooh. Philly. But I'll again I'll I'll kind of throw in a little kind of qualifier into that and say I would not be surprised if the Patriots win either. Yeah. Because they just know how to do it. And like we said it in that championship game. Yeah. They they can ju- at the right times they They're just they? pull it out of the bag, yeah. you yeah, know? Yeah. When they need to produce a clean pocket for Brady. Doesn't matter about the rest of the game. Doesn't matter about the rest of the game. Perform when they need to, innit? If they need one drive, they give him a clean pocket. If they need to get receivers open, one drive, they do it. If they need to run the ball, one drive, they do it. And I think that's what the Patriots know. If they if they keep in the game, they will always have an opportunity because they know how to turn it on at the right moment. Yeah. Right? It's ridiculous. Um, um, I'm interested, though. I get the impression that you personally would absolutely... We, we mentioned the whole media yeah. maelstrom. I, I would... You chuck that word in there again. I get the I? I get the impression that you would absolutely love being part of that media build up. You know, we've just had the press days today, uh, standing there on that podium, <laughs> taking on all comers, charming everyone with your cockney <laughs> wit. What do you reckon? Man, I would love it. Get me up there, you know. Maybe if this podcast continues to roll, we'll be there, Paul. Me and you will be covering the Super Bowl in a couple of years on behalf of Bengals UK. Who knows? Now, and I'd also imagine that you would be a very phasmatic, disquisitive and avuncular guest, <laughs> providing um, adsitious, even bardolatry pronouncements, <laughs> lots of enthusiastic contrafibularities, almost <laughs> as if you had a, an aspergillum in your hand washing away all the pericombobulations of the throng, a real illywhacker, if Do you, know you will. What? Do you, do you agree with that, Nathan? Well, yeah, I, I get the sense of that. But there was a word that Jamie said today <laughs> right. on Twitter that I liked. He was describing, we'll come on to that later in the podcast, about he was describing us as podcast projects. Yes. And he can't remember the exact word he used, but it was a beautiful word I'd never heard before. It means like good intonation. Oh, okay. But I can't What's remember that? exactly we'll, we'll what it was. We'll get to that later on. We'll get to it later, but that's the word of the week. Paul's one's there. Just He's trying to confuse me. I've got a bloody English degree, I want to say. As well. It's not like I've come out with two GCSEs. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I I would love to be part. I mean, as a journalist, I would love to be part of that. As a journalist, no, no, like uh, no, I would love to be put not because oh, I'm a journalist, yeah. but I would like to be on the journalist side yeah. just to ask Belichick, wind him up some like the stupidest questions you've ever heard, <laughs> like who would win in a fight, a polar bear or a crocodile? What's your favourite? Kind of cruciferous vegetable like broccoli oh, or cauliflower. Cruciferous? What does that mean? It means it's a family of vegetables like bro- broccoli or cauliflower. Would you ever appear on Love Island? I'd ask him. <laughs> <laughs> and I want. I'd ask him where he gets those t-shirts from, where he cuts it off at the arm. You know those sort of muscle things. That Do you he like wears? him or not? I I can't stand him. See, I, I don't even think he's funny. I hate him that much. I do. I, I don't even. I mean, you respect him because you. Have yeah, to. yeah. He's a genius, isn't he? Um... I kind of do like him. I do like that deadpan thing. I think someone asked him today at the media um, uh, press day over in Minneapolis, they kind of asked him what's different about this Super Bowl than the other seven that he's been in. And he, seven. Sa- and he said, this one's in Minneapolis. <laughs> and it's kind of like, you can't argue with that, can you? <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, I, I just, I don't know, who knows, but I get the impression that he's just kind of, Taking the piss after time, really. Yeah. But um, 
My score prediction, just to give it so we've both got it on record, I'm going to go a bit of an outlandish Philly 26-24. 26-24. 26-24 Philly. But I want to preface that by saying that I think the Patriots could definitely blow them out. Yeah, I agree. It could be that like, I could see it being 28 nothing at the half and you go to bed. Which I'd be happy with with work yeah. on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Um, and your boy Elliot kicking the winning field goal. Oh, Can you imagine? <laughs> Jake Elliot from sixty-five yards bounces <laughs> off the upright straight through. Don't get oh. Nathan started on Jake Elliot. We've uh, never talked about that. We, on the we haven't. We haven't. It's probably a good thing because I know we'll that you get very angry. <laughs> but another thing that we haven't had a chance to talk about um, on the podcast is Andy Dalton too much because. Um, Obviously, it's all pretty quiet here at Paul Brown Stadium at the moment. Nathan's cracking up. What are you drinking, by the way? So tonight, Paul, so tonight, Matthew, I'm yes. going to be... <laughs> I've got Camden Pale Ale, a New World IPA, and yeah. a Kona Big Wave. I have to recommend Kona Big Wave. To anyone who hasn't tried it, it's a Hawaiian Pale Ale. Absolutely beautiful. It does sound like an offensive lineman for the... Uh... <laughs> for the University of Hawaii, <laughs> yeah. Kona Big Wave. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to tell you what I'm drinking. Well, no, I am, because it's a special occasion. <laughs> it is a special occasion. It's our last one of the series, because uh, we've done... This is our eighth, obviously. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy, episodes. and we do need a little bit of a break, I think, especially because like there's not that much to talk about. We are going to come back in about a month or so's time and do some uh, episodes around free agency. Then, of course, we've got the draft to come up, and then, yeah. obviously, once uh, later in the summer, we'll... Uh, we'll do little clusters here and there, I think. And then, obviously, with the season starting, we're going to try and do some every week. But um, we've got about 10 minutes until our very special guest comes very special on. Guest. Um, and again, one person, we haven't really, we've mentioned him a lot. Um, but, oh, Nathan, that's not right. You pulled a face when you took a swig of that beer. I took a swig of New World IPA, three out of ten. Three out of ten? Five's average. I mean, maybe it'll grow on me as I keep drinking okay, it, but not great. Right. Right. Sorry, New World. Okay, so here we go. Uh, one question keeps on coming up, and yep. that is, what do we think about Andy Dalton? Uh, oh. So let's dig into it, because, we, again, we've never really had the time to do it. Yep. Uh, Nathan, where do you stand on the great Andy Dalton debate? So I'm on the Andy in the Andy Dalton camp. Mm-hmm. One foot or two? One and a half. I just think with okay. looking at Dalton, you go back, and I've done this. Here's where my notes come out on the podcast. I was looking at his record today, and you go through it. He's a 4,000-yard passer twice. He would have been three times in his seven-year career had it not been for the thumb injury against Pittsburgh. That year, he was 106.2 for his uh, passer rating, which ranked him second in the league in passer rating, which is something in itself. His record from touchdowns to interceptions in his career, 167 to 93, which is very, very healthy if you look around the league. Um, you also forget, you add on to that, he's ra- rushed for 18 touchdowns, which is high. And if you look at his win-losses, Dalton, 62 wins, 44 losses. And I think he's got two ties in there. Cam Newton, who was taken, I think, was Cam Newton the same year as Dalton? He was, wasn't he? I think he, he was, yeah. And they get sort of tied in the same brush that year. And Cam Newton, you know, pro bowler and the rest of it. I'm not comparing them necessarily on ability. Cam Newton, 62 wins, 45 losses. So Dalton, by half a game, is ahead of Cam Newton on the win-loss bracket since they've come into the league. And most people look at Cam Newton, oh, Cam Newton, you know, what you know, pro, what, you know, real talented player. Dalton's outplaying him from a win standpoint. And I know you don't always judge quarterback on wins, but everything else. And you look at his yards and his ratings, and I went through and had a look each year. He's, you know, he averages about the 13th to 14th mark in the league. And to put it bluntly, I think that's fine. I think if you've got a guy that's consistently between the sort of 12 to 14 mark in the league, and he's consistently there, and if you give him talent, maybe he rises to 6th, 7th, 8th, or you don't give him talent and maybe he regresses to being sort of 16, 17, 18, maybe even 20th, fine. But it's not easy to find a quarterback, and I can't say that enough. There's not just quarterbacks out there that you could come in and bring in that are going to be that consistent. There's not even people on the trade market. I mean, people are talking about Alex Smith. Alex Smith's not that much better than Dalton. You know, he's older than Dalton. I don't think he offers you anything more than we've got now. AJ McCarron, I don't think there's shown anything. I mean, he's glimpses but nothing that makes you think we've got a real like, Patrick Mahomes on our hand. I just think with Dalton, you know, he's not necessarily a natural leader. He's got problems with his deep ball. Is he ever going to improve? Probably not 
dramatically, I wouldn't have thought. But I think there's if we give him pieces like we did in that 2015 season, I think he can be successful. I think that's what we need to try and do rather than blow the ship up and try desperately to get Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady because it's just not there. So what would you say? To, you, you mentioned that is he going to improve as he hit his ceiling and... The answer is probably yes, he has probably hit his ceiling. And it's not necessarily about him, but it's about the pieces around him. But what is your rebuff to people who kind of say, listen, we need a quarterback to be better than him. For us to win, we need a quarterback to be better. Now, Dalton, I've got no arguments because, like, when you read those figures out, there's no arguing that he's a really solid, decent. NFL quarterback and he's already had a good career you know, yeah. he's got to the playoffs he's got to the Pro Bowl Yeah, uh, I'll come on to my problems with him in a minute but what would you say to people who say well just being decent isn't good enough if this team is to win decent isn't good enough there's two things I suppose one <clears throat> is sort of re-emphasising my point about getting a guy that's if, you, if we're saying Dalton is say on average, he's the 12th best quarterback in the league every year. So he might fluctuate, but he's roughly the 12th best. To get a guy that's going to be 5th, 6th, you either got to have an extremely high draft pick and just take someone coming straight out like a Matt Stafford or you know someone like that that comes straight out and you think, right, this is our guy, like an Andrew Luck prospect. I think Stafford's better than Dalton. Sorry, uh, Dalton's better than Stafford. Really? Yeah. No. I think so. Really? Yeah, I think well, at just about. I think Stafford is a very hot and cold quarterback. When he's good, he's brilliant. When he's not so good, he's pretty bad. Yeah, he's also got a lot. He had a lot. Of he's got consistency career, issues. Yeah. And anyway, yes, carry on. Well, that, that's the first thing is I think it's just so difficult to go and get someone. If someone hits you in the face, it's obviously better than Dalton. Fine, but I think if you're, you know, it's it's almost like having a good hand of cards and just folding it. You sometimes got to play that hand of cards and go in and see what you've got. I think if you give Dalton the pieces and that year in 2015, I keep going back to it, but it's that's how I feel about it. Is that you've given him a Pro Bowl tight end in Tyler Eifert. You've given him that security blanket. You had a great run game that year. Jeremy Hill was hot that year. You had a great offensive line that year. We had Whitworth. We had Zion. You know, you're running the ball well, Bodine, everyone else, like it's good line, Clint Bowling. You give him AJ Green one side, you give him Marvin Jones another, and you give him Sanu. What? I mean, and he was, like I said, second best in the league, quarterback rated. He was in the MVP discussion. You give him those pieces, it's easier to give him those pieces than it is for us to say, right, we're moving on. And I know we've got easy outs in his contract. We can say to him, look, you go, and we've not got a huge cap here. But I don't know what we do. Where do we go from that? Where do we get a guy that is consistently better than 12th in the league without improving the offensive line, without really going that much? But is there just not people out there? Unless you're willing to literally take maybe a two or three year regression. Well, that's it, isn't it? I think you'd have to start from absolute scratch. And I don't. Uh, fans are very unforgiving because they want success now, 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 now. And, yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure how they would handle a two to three year regression because frankly we're in it wow that's a good point. year regression that's, that's at the point. moment that's a good point um i i struggle with dalton i have to say not because i don't subscribe to dalton being really bad mm. but neither i do i he had one fantastic year and the rest have been very inconsistent i think yeah and my i think dalton is actually um if you were to critique the Bengals, you would say they were good but not great. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what you could say about Andy Dalton. I think he epitomises the Bengals as a team. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So you, I mean, you look at him in the before that. Take that 2015 season out, right? Yeah. And that was his one fantastic year. Yeah. And there's no doubt he was playing superbly well. Yeah. Definitely a career best year for him, and the hope was that he would carry on. He hasn't. Now, there are mitigating circumstances for that. I think we all agree. Um, but in the lead up to that, and actually afterwards, the problem I have with Dalton is that he's so inconsistent. Now, the figures don't ride this out, but in game, he's so inconsistent. Yeah. And and it's not just like from one game to the next. It's one throw after the next. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. one moment he's thrown a beautiful pass to AJ Green. The next, he misses on a he misses a screen, a screen 
to Giovanni Bernard. That five you'd have, yards. That you'd have thrown it, Paul, Just, you? Well, I'm not sure. You, you'd but... have come out of the pocket confidently. You'd have checked it down to Gio. <laughs> you'd have been rubbing your, hands together, <laughs> rubbing your hands together, looking at the playbook for exactly. the next play. Um, and then he'll throw another fantastic pass. And then he will throw a head scratcher. He will throw into triple coverage. But isn't that the life of an NFL quarterback, though? Well, there is that. I think. I think we there. There are a lot of fans who get carried away and expect their quarterback to be an Aaron Rodgers yeah. or a Tom Brady, and it, it just ain't going to happen. There's. Uh, we mentioned it last week. There's three or four quarterbacks. So to to expect Dalton to be on that level is totally and utterly unrealistic. I think it's almost like it's almost like. You've got your missus and you're looking at models on the catwalk and you say, why can't I have them? It's because, you know, you can't always have that. You've got to settle for someone you love. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Nathan Palmer's metaphors, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? That you can't always have the 10 out of 10 model on the catwalk. I think he's a. That's fun- what I'm saying. I think he's it's a unrealistic f- to always aim for that. Yes, is what I'm, well, I'll make it sound a little bit more professional. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I do think that um, it's interesting. There's a lot of. You're uh, thinking about the models on the cat. No, I'm not actually. Um, <laughs> it is interesting. I saw a tweet today. Um, another fun thought from Bills LB Preston Brown on Andy Dalton. Everybody talking about go trade for him. He'd be a king up there in Buffalo. Do you see, I mean, do you see the Bengals? I mean, that was a bit of fun, obviously, because of the yeah. whole Baltimore game and whatever. Again, which showcased what he could do uh, under pressure. And he can do it if he's got protection. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, face yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you see a scenario where the Bengals would trade Dalton for someone, anyone? No, because I just think that... We're not that We're not that kind of We're not that team. And the only way we would trade him, this is Mike Brown, is if someone gave an offer that was... 130 or 40 percent of his value then that's the reason they traded Carson Palmer because yeah. Oakland basically said here's 150 percent of a guy that's never going to play for you again as value and we traded him and I think that's the reason the McCarran trade didn't get done I think the Browns are all in on that if you looked at what they were willing to offer a second and a third which for the Browns is basically the first pick in the second round and the first pick in the third round which you know gives them even more value and we didn't take that or we struggled to get it over the line and I just think no way and who's going to give you everything for Dalton there's not one team out there that's going to throw the kitchen sink at you for Andy Dalton he's and this is I think where fans struggle with Dalton a little bit He's not a natural leader. He's not your natural sexy quarterback that does all the TV commercials. He listens to Coldplay, for God's Well, sake. this is what I mean. He's not your, he's not your big six foot five, like macho Chucking quarterback. Chucking it down the field. Hauling it down the field. Philip Rivers style, calling people out on the sideline. And I think that's sometimes what people want. They want a bit of a gunslinger, a bit of a I agree. I, don't think, I think that's why he gets a bad press, because yeah. he, he isn't that kind of... He's your nice Christian man listening to Coldplay. He's quite dull, isn't he? He is. Andy, we're sorry, but... <laughs> He's he's not. I'm sure he's the loveliest guy. Of course. But have you seen some of his kind of pre-match? Yeah, oh yeah. Kind of team talk. It's kind of like how would you? You know, no offense, but how would you? Well, this is where the natural leader thing comes in because you look at someone like Philip Rivers, and you're like that. Like if you were his offensive line or you were his wide receivers and you were a rookie. He, you would be like, Jesus Christ. Like that, I mean, Philip Rivers sort of got to be a great head coach. Yes, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? He's got that sort of just absolute, like you want to, everyone wants to like come around him and listen to really him. Really nuggety character. Just yeah, chucks like, it down the field. Just, real gunslinger. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And that's and that's kind of like, you want that guy on your jersey. Yeah. You want him on your jersey. Like, it's like Vontez Burford. You want him on your jersey. Yeah. I think with Dorton, it's just, he's a nice guy. He's a very solid guy. He's a great guy, but he's just, like you said, he's good. I mean, he's good, but not great. But he's also quite dull and good yeah. and not great. And I yeah. think a lot of the time, it goes back to the metaphor about the models. You kind of want something sexy to aspire to rather than just, Meh. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's where we kind of have to like get past that. From a talent perspective, I think he's a decent player. And I think we give him enough options. We redo the line. You know, we retool, maybe get a good wide receiver in. I think he can be successful. I, I don't. I think it would be more detrimental, and it would set us back by taking a very ill-advised risk to move on from him. And I think now he's a veteran, isn't he? So um, he knows the offense. He knows how to handle himself. He's pretty good, as you say, at avoiding. In, once he doesn't have any brain farts, he's pretty good at yeah. game management and not throwing interceptions. He's a high character. Making 
those game-winning crucial throws would you bet on him yeah to I do agree. that in the absolute crucial moments but anyway we could talk about Dalton all night I hope that's given you a little bit of a flavor of how we feel about him I think in conclusion I think I'm I'm I've got half a foot more into the Dalton knee really camp and you've got half a foot more into Dalton yeah, yeah, you can. yeah, yeah. but I think we agree on a lot of things with Dalton I don't think I think he's a bit lower than a top 12 quarterback I think he's okay. sort of 16 around that kind of sure yeah, yeah but that's not too much difference let's face no, it no 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 um anyway right um we've spoken we've spoken about one current player and now it's time to bring in our special guest and believe it or not I've wanted to do this since we've started to get a current player onto the podcast now we've had some fantastic guests so far but I'm I'm delighted to say that we do actually have a current player waiting to talk to us and yes, on the line from I'm guessing Cincinnati, uh, he can he can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's our very own Pro Bowl punter, Kevin Huber. Kevin, are you there? Hey, how's it going? Uh, very well, thank you, Kevin. How's life over there in Cincinnati at the moment? It's good. My wife and I are actually we're down in Charlotte right now, Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, okay. So is that like a vacation, or is that something that you do every off season? Uh, we've been coming down here the last couple of off-seasons. We have a little place down here we come to. A little bit warmer weather this time of year, so it's, uh, it's good, to, uh, good to get away for a little bit. Absolutely. So I was going to ask you, what, what, what does a punter do in his off-season time? Uh, really try to get my, uh, my golf handicap down. <laughs> Too much my mind focus. <laughs> what are you playing off? What's that? What are you playing off? What's your handicap? Uh, I'm about 11 right now, so I need to get that down in single digits this year. And and obviously you've got a bit of downtime now. I'm sure it's going to be busy for you because, lest we forget, you're out of contract. So uh, I'm not sure how much you want to talk about that. But um, what I'm, I'm always intrigued because uh, a punter doesn't get the credit, I don't think, they deserve in, in the NFL. What does a punter do to kind of work on his game? What specifics do you work on during the off season to be a better punter, you know? Um, you know, I think for me, it's, it's more of, you know, I kind of know where I need to be, um, physically and, you know, as far as being in shape and, you know, strength wise, where I need to get to, um, I've got pretty much down to, uh, you know, when I need to start my training, what kind of training I need to do, um, you know, based on the season, if there's something else I need to focus on. So I kind of cater it year by year, based on how I'm feeling after the year, um, if I need to do more flexibility stuff or strength training or conditioning, I just kind of wait till, you know, wait about a month or so after the season ends. And uh, then I just really kind of listen to my body and, you know, kind of do what I think I need. Um, so just just centering on, on the punter skill set, what is the most important aspect of a punter's kind of physical makeup would you say and and I guess approach to the game because you've been a successful punter for the Bengals you've gone to the Pro Bowl you're one of our play favorite players you um I don't know if you know this but we we voted you as our specials team player of the year and you were very busy this last season with the offensive struggles you you seemingly on the pitch uh, quite often but um what do you think are the key skill sets to to be a good punter in the league? Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, as far as physically, you know, having some, some good flexibility um, will help you endure the season. Um, but I, I think really the, you know, is the averages in the NFL are going higher and higher as far as the gross and net. I think it has lots to do with uh, guys getting bigger and stronger. So I think having a good, uh, just a good overall, like, physical, you know, makeup of your body. So, Pretty strong legs, good core, um, is going to get you get you a long way in the NFL. Mm. Kevin, there was a lot of controversy in the off season when the Bengals brought back uh, Marvin Lewis, um, and in the UK we're quite fond of Marvin. We're big fans of his, um, probably a bit more so than in the US and in Cincinnati at the moment. But I was interested to sort of gauge your reaction on how you feel about Marvin coming back and what he's like as a head coach and what your relationships like with him. You know, I, I think it's great we got him back. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that went you know awry this year that you know, could have easily gone the other way. And you know, obviously, everyone's going to look at the head coach to have him go. But I think Marvin does a great job of 
you know, keeping guys focused, keeping guys, you know, you know, into the game when, you know, we, we could have gone a completely different direction towards the end of the year there um, when we knew we were out of the playoffs, but, you know, we, he, he got us, kept us focused and we won two games in the, the year and against teams that had to make, had to win to make the playoffs and we knocked them both out. So I think that's a, definitely a tribute to him and, you know, his ability to keep guys playing and, you know, into the game. And I'm, I'm excited to have him back and, you know, we, we're going to have some new coaches in there um, and the position, position coaches. So I'm excited to see how that turns out this year and uh, hope we got some, have a turn, turnaround season this year. Absolutely. And, and just one thing I wanted to ask you actually, Kevin, because we heard so many reports that, oh, the, the discipline's gone in the, in the locker room. Marvin's lost the players. Now, obviously, you just mentioned that the last two games showed that that wasn't true. But I'm just interested from a, a viewpoint in, from the locker room. Was that ever the case? Or was it just one of those really frustrating seasons, you know, where nothing was clicking, you know, as, as, as well as it perhaps has done in, in recent years? And you mentioned that you were pretty close in a number of games that could have gone either way. But what was the view from the, from the locker room during this season? You know, I think, I think it was kind of one of those years, like you said, it's, nothing was really working. You know, we, we had close in a lot of games. I remember the Green Bay game, we were super close. I think it was the Houston game, we were close. Um, and a couple other games, the Tennessee game, you know, where we win those games and we're, you know, we're, at, we're above 500 when we're in the playoffs. So it's, you know, I think a lot of the uh, people say, you know, the, the lock, he lost the locker room. Well, that's what they're going to say on any team if they're having a losing season. That's just kind of the nature of the business. And, you know, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, the coach lost the team. No, I think really this guys are frustrated because they know we can be so much better. And, you know, for whatever reason, whether it be injuries or, um, you know, we had a bunch of injuries on the O-line, had injuries on offense, defense, that, you know, it's just it's hard to, you know, keep things together when you when you're you're always wondering week to week who's going to be on the team. You know, who's going to be back, who's not going to be hurt. So, you know, I, I think it's one of those it's just one of those seasons where you know we had a, a lot of uh, unfortunate incidents that happened that uh, kept us from winning those close games. Kevin, we we touched on this briefly just a minute ago about you being a free agent this uh, upcoming off season. Now, I think a lot of fans out there, I think the overwhelming majority, want to see you back in stripes next year. Um, do you want to be back, and do you think you'll be back? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely want to be back. I mean, I I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. And you know, I, my wife and I talked about this, and you know, because we, I, I just, you know, we kind of keep it real with each other, and. And there's always a possibility of me going somewhere else. That's just kind of the nature of the business. And, you know, but we both want to stay here. We're, we're both from Cincinnati. We were born and raised there. Both went to University of Cincinnati for college. So we, we love the city. We love everything about there. And, you know, my my hopes is I'll be back. And I, I, I want to make sure I do everything possible to, uh, you know, make sure that I'm back. And we definitely want to see you back. So what's the process? You, you're obviously on a little bit of a break now, getting some winter sun in there, which is, wish you could, we wish we were doing the same, to be honest with you. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> awful in London at the moment. But um, what's the process now? Do you take a little bit of a break and then go back to Cincinnati and start kind of talking to your agent and your agent talking to the Bengals and so on and so forth? What's, what's the process for us kind of lay people on the outside of the, the whole process? You know, it's a big waiting game, and, you know, we're down here right now, but we can still be talking, you know, to the organization as far as trying to get something figured out. You know, they're they're probably going to do their due diligence and see, uh, you know, make sure, like, you know, figure out what number they want to be at and if, you know, what direction they want to go. So they're probably doing their due, due diligence right now, and, you know, as we are, just to keep ourselves prepared for any situation to come. But it's kind of just a slow process of, you know, going back and forth to, you know, come to a, uh, you know, come to a contract, you know, numbers that both sides like and, you know, hope that comes that happens soon. We hope that's the case. Um, now, I couldn't and uh, we couldn't have this interview without um, bringing up the time that you spent in London. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic for the fans to meet you at the Admiralty pub when we were there and you popped down and said hello. Um, what were your best memories yep. of London? And what was there anything that you didn't like about being in the UK? I, that that was one of my favorite times was being being at the pub and uh, you know just just hanging out there and, and having a little good time. Uh, my wife was already over there; she had taken a trip over there with some of her girlfriends, so I got to meet up with her. I hadn't seen her in about a week or so, so I got to uh, hang out with her and 
you know, I'd say the only thing I probably didn't like was the uh, the time change because we flew out overnight and had to go right to meetings. So that was probably the toughest thing to deal with. I mean, it was a it was quite a surreal evening for us. I don't know if you know because watching the NFL and especially supporting the Bengals in the UK is quite a solitary experience. So it was so amazing to be in a building where that was absolutely jam-packed with other Bengals fans. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm wondering it, I'm wondering yeah. from the other side, because we actually uh, met you outside the pub there, didn't we, on, on the thing either the Friday yeah. or Saturday night, um, and you were absolutely lovely. I think you might have been with your sister. Is that right? Or was that Mindy? I, I, I can't remember. But that, that was Mindy. I was with my wife. Right. And my, uh, I think one of my coaches was there. So there there's a couple of us there. And I think I had some family members there as well that right, were right. that night. But was it kind of surreal for you? Were you surprised by the level of, of support there? Were you surprised by the whole Wembley experience? What was your kind of um, initial reaction to a couple of reprobates like me and Nathan coming up to you going, oh, my goodness, it's Kevin Hoover. Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually, I, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, you know, I, you know I've, I've never, you know, been to any sporting event in, in Europe and being a part of actually playing in one was just a, it was a really cool experience because, uh, you know, being in Wembley and the, the amount of fans that were there, the amount of excitement that they brought and how into the game they were, it, it was just, it was kind of cool just to sit back and, you know, take it all in during the game. You know, unfortunately, we gave you guys a tie, which was, <laughs> you know, less to be desired. But, I mean, the overall experience was an absolute great time. Kevin, we had Ken Anderson on the podcast two weeks ago and Catherine Terrell, the ESPN reporter, on last week. And we tried to nail them down for a season prediction next year. Ken Anderson gave us a very optimistic 11-5. and five. Catherine Terrell sat between 9-7 and seven and 10-6. and six. Now, if you're back in stripes next year... What are you giving us as a season prediction for 2018? You know, I, I like both of their uh, predictions. You know, it's so hard to, it's just so hard to win in the NFL week in and week out. And, you know, to say you're going to go, you know, 15 and 1, 14 and 2, that's just, you know, that very rarely happens. So I, I like the, uh, I like the 10 and 6. That's a, that's a good number. Oh, I think we'd settle for that, absolutely, wouldn't we? 100%. Um, and just another, just a couple more questions, Kevin. We can't thank you enough for, for spending the time. But, um, I'm interested. Yeah, uh, we always see kind of snippets of locker room interviews. You know, your your Adam Joneses, your Vontae's Burfecks, your Andy Dalton's, your AJ Greens. Um, what's the general atmosphere like in that locker room? And who is the dark horse in the locker room? Who is the person that doesn't maybe get the attention, but who is an absolute riot in and and kind of is brings the atmosphere up in that locker room? Um, you know, as far as the atmosphere, I mean, it's a lot of fun. I mean, everyone on the team gets along and you know, it's always, there's always, you know, some kind of challenge that one guy's making to another guy. It doesn't matter what position you're in. Um, you know, whether we, you know, we go down to our gym, there's a hoop down there and they're, they're playing basketball games, you know, betting down there, or, you know, <laughs> whatever it may be. But I, I think, uh, you know, I think the defense as a whole, they're probably like the ringleaders of everything. Right. Yeah, they, 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 between the DBs and linebackers, I don't know which one you know comes out thinking they're the best at everything. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, I'd say if I had to, you know, I'd have to pick the defense as a whole because they they all, uh, you know, they're always they always have something going on. And uh, we often see that Geno Atkins is very media shy. What's he like in the flesh? What's he like in the locker room? I bet he's quite a uh, a sneaky, fun guy, isn't he? He, you know, he is about the hardest person to uh, read as, as they come. He was super quiet, kind of keeps himself. Um, but uh, I actually, uh, I'm, I'm making it my, you know, if, if I'm back with the team, I'm going to become friends with Gino this year. That's my, <laughs> my sub goal. Okay. And so. <laughs> I just wanted to get your opinion on Clark Harris, because obviously he's your fellow special teams uh, yep. uh, contemporary there, um, and he's just had a you know he's a he's a what is he now a world record holder now I believe thanks to this yep. thing in the Pro Bowl. How delighted were you for him? And what's the you've been to the Pro Bowl yourself? What what's the whole experience like? You know I'm really happy for Clark. I think it's uh, it's been a long time coming for him. I think he deserved it a couple of years ago. You know several times, and you know he finally got a shot to go and. You know, I was really happy for him. I talked to him right after, 
right after he got picked, he uh, he shot me a text and let me know. So, you know, the overall experience, though, it, it's a blast. I mean, you get to hang out with, you know, the best players in the world for a week and just go out there. There's all kinds of fans. There's things to do. Um, you know, family can't, comes out. You know, they get to experience it as well. And it's just a, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I, I definitely want to get back there before, I, before I'm done playing. We hope you do too. Um, just one of the very last questions before we let you go. Um, we love, just at the start of this podcast, we like to talk about the craft beers that we're drinking. Are there any beers that you would say are your favorite? Can we get a Kevin Huber's favorite beer? Ooh. Because we have a lot right now in Cincinnati. So as far as craft <laughs> yeah. beers go, um, you know, I think my top two, you know, any of Mad Tree's beers and Ryan Geis. Those are my two, my two go-tos if I'm going to go to store and pick up some beers. So Madry and Ryan guys, they got great selection. Both of them do. They have really good, uh, just really good spots as well to go to to, to have some drinks. Well, we had Ken Anderson on two weeks ago, and he said Coors Light. So I think you've upgraded on that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to work on him a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kevin, um, we are going to actually fix you up a prize uh, for winning our. Uh, special teams player of the year. I don't know how you feel about that. Have you got anything to say? I mean, you must be kind of almost lost for words. It's very prestigious. Hey, that, that, that's, <laughs> that, that's a very, I mean, that's, that's an honor. I mean, yeah, for forget, you guys recognizing me as that. Forget the Pro Bowl, mate. That's probably the biggest honor I've had in my career. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to sort you out some sort of prize, so we'll send it to you. But, um, Kevin, listen, what can we say? Uh, you're one of our favorite players. We, we dearly hope that you can come back to the Bengals thank you for all your efforts so far in stripes and we hope um, you know maybe we can talk to you again or we'll see you in London or in Cincinnati like I did before Christmas um, but yeah thank you for the time enjoy your family time down there and uh, thanks for thanks for chatting with us hey I really appreciate having me on guys cheers Kevin thank you all right guys well that was Kevin Huber there Nathan <laughs> Kevin Huber I mean I still I'm still going to even though he's out of contract I'm still going to call him our Kevin Huber because I I think he'll be back you would imagine he'll be back yeah I mean the Bengals would be foolish to let a player like him go he's definitely an above he's, average punter you know like you said he's a pro ex pro bowler um he's a great guy he's from Cincinnati he wants to be back I'm sure the Bengals want him back why overcomplicate things get him back Absolutely, 100%. And not just because he's a good bloke, because he's genuinely a good player. Very good, yeah. yeah. Um, so we can't we can't say how much we enjoy talking to Kevin. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. And thank you to all our guests. We've had some real crackers we've had. Who have we had on? We've had Catherine Terrell, Mo Egger, Ken Anderson, Lindsay Patterson, Rebecca Toback. Absolutely. We, we, we can't thank those guys enough. And it brings... Uh, a tear to your eyeball, does well, it? Well, no, not a tear to my eye, but more, more just a bit of kind of gives us something a bit extra, doesn't it? It gives it like a proper inside view into players and what's happening in Cincinnati because we're, we're like four and a half thousand miles away and yeah. we can spout on about what we think about the Bengals, but it's kind of like it's always good to hear what's really happening because, you know, those guys live it and breathe it every single day and as do we, but kind of far removed so it's it's just really great to hear those kind of insights i think you know what's funny as well is i sit there at work and i'm sat there you know working away my phone will buzz and paul will message me and i'm looking at my phone he's like we got kevin uber coming on this week or we've got we got Lindsay patterson on this week or oh, mo eggers said he's come on this week and i can't every time i think oh he's hit his ceiling now he can't he's got ken anderson what's he gonna do now and every week i've got to give Full credit to Paul here for the amount of work that he puts in behind the scenes, not only on the editing side of things, but on getting guests there. It's a true testament of what he's done to Bengals UK. And I have to take me serious for a moment and take my hat off to what he's done. He hasn't actually got a hat on, but I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you, Nathan. It's a pleasure because it's it's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting to us, Absolutely us fans in the UK. Again, we're so far away. Uh, and it feels like the Bengals kind of and players, they know about us. And yeah. they, people know who we are. People are very appreciative of our fan fandom in the, in the UK and in Europe as well. So um, let's keep it going. Let us know at Hooday underscore UK who you want on in the future, and we will try our best to make it happen. There's no restrictions here. If you want Boomer on, we'll try and get Boomer. If you want Chad Johnson on, we'll try and get <laughs> Chad Johnson. Actually, Matt Moon had a really our friend Matt Moon had a really good idea to get, try and entice Chad Johnson on. What? He he suggested maybe 
challenging him to a game of FIFA. Yeah, that's a good shout. And uh, maybe chatting to him while he was beating us at FIFA. Well, I don't know if he beat us, though. I'm not a, ba- oh, I'm a fairly handy FIFA player. Nathan versus Chad Johnson <laughs> at FIFA. You heard it here first. Now, um, we've again, shall I roll out my catchphrase? <laughs> <laughs> here we go, ready? Drum roll. Um, this podcast is as much about you as it is about us. And we do love receiving loads of questions. Um, so, again, at Hooday underscore UK, Bengals UK on Facebook. We keep getting these questions and we can't thank you for the uh, enough for the interaction. We can't thank you for the interactions. We cannot thank you enough for the interactions. Uh, and we've got some corkers to end this series on. We've already had a, uh, a fantastic uh, special guest to end this series on. Uh, and we've got some corking questions. So, Duncan Price at Dastardly Duncan. By the way, go on. The best Twitter handle we're going to give to Dastardly Duncan. If we were giving out awards for best Twitter <laughs> handle, would you not agree, Dastardly Duncan? I think we do do nominate. You know, we did kind of do an awards thing. Maybe next year we'll do a proper awards sort yeah, of ceremony. I like it. You know what I mean? Best Twitter handle. Yeah. Kind of you best know, question of the best year. Best question of the year. Best. I'm liking you know, this. all that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's that's far down the road. Let's concentrate on the here and now, Nathan, Let's go. because Duncan. At Dastardly Duncan. Here's a complicated one for you. You can take one player from each of the AFC North teams uh, to improve your team. One must be on defence, one must be on offence, and one must be on special teams. So, for example, if you take Big Ben, the other two must come from the Ravens and the Browns on defence or special teams. Make sense? Yes, it does, because I've thought about this one. Well, I looked at it earlier, and I, I, I looked for a minute, I was like, what is he on about this, geezer? But I figured it out. So go I'm going to go offensively, Antonio Brown. Defensively, Miles Garrett from the Browns. Ooh. And special teams, Justin Tucker. Oh, hello. What are you going? I'm going, I'm going offense, Joe Thomas. Yeah, it's a good shout. That's Without a, good a doubt, because That's we've already shout. got AJ Green. Yeah, it's a good. But imagine Green and Brown. Like oh, it'd be that. awesome. But what, what do we need at the moment? We need like a. Left no, it's tackle. a good answer. And I know that uh, my mate Jimmy in Japan has already asked us, should we go for Joe Thomas? It's like he's a free agent next year. It's yeah. not going to happen. But yeah. if we're, we're keeping within the parameters of this question, then Joe Thomas on offense, defense. I'm going CJ Mosley of the Ravens. Another. Yeah. Uh, Pro Bowl linebacker, and that's where we're weak at the moment. Can you imagine Mosley and Perfect in that linebacking core? Wow. Uh, and special teams, I'm going for Chris Boswell of the Steelers. Oh, you got Boswell over Tucker? Well, only because, Mosley, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Because uh, I think he's not far behind Justin Tucker. Yeah, no, good answers. I mean, I, I mean, if we if we could add those three players, either your or my answer, we'd have a run next year. Absolutely. Uh, Jamie at his oh, see his. Jamie, who's been... Jamie Rowe, our chum Jamie Rowe, um, up north in Manchester, who's been on this podcast, and we will have uh, him on the podcast again soon, especially for free agency, because, I mean, that's my least favourite time of the year, I have to say, free agency, but Jamie's, like, dead into it. Um, He's got the most unpronounceable uh, Twitter handle. Um, So I'm just going to say Jamie. Jamie Rowe, look him up. He's always tweeting and, and whatnot about the Bengals. Uh, with Clark Harris now holding the Guinness World Record for the longest snap ever, what is your favourite trivia about a Bengals player? See, I can't answer that because I'm going to I'm gonna have to look. I had a thought about it as well. I, I don't know. <laughs> I like, I like, um, I like Michael Johnson. The fact that he went on the Selma march. Yeah. I like Giovanni Bernard's story. That fact that he came from Haiti with his dad. Yeah, that's a, yeah, but that's it's not a fun shout. trivia, is it? It's kind of like <laughs> life experience. It's not like... He came from Haiti with his dad. Yeah, it's just a barrel of laughs, isn't it, really? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. If anybody got, got any Bengals trivia about any Bengals players... Send them in. Sorry, this, this Prosecco, man. This, quite, Can you believe, gassy. by the way, it, Paul, he's, he's got a whole bottle of Prosecco in front of him tonight and he's drinking it like he's you're getting married or something. It's a special occasion. It's Super Bowl <laughs> it week. It is Super Bowl and week. it's our final show of the final series. Final show of the series. All right. What about if we never come back? This is our last episode. Then I'm going to get absolutely slaughtered. Then, <laughs> um, okay, this is a good one. I know, I know you love these questions, Nathan. I love them. And Sam Anger is absolutely massaging your... <laughs> Over under ego here. Um, right, okay. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Right, yes. Will Tyler... It's an over-under question, right? Yeah. Will Tyler Eifert get more touchdowns than games absent next season? If we bring him back, I'm going touchdowns. If he, I think if you keep Eifert healthy for half a season, he's worth a touchdown a game. I mean, if you look at Tyler Croft's stats, and even Tyler Eifert's, he, he averages probably more than a touchdown every 100 yards he gets. I mean, he's a complete animal for that. I mean, he, he, he's the sort of guy that will come out of a season with, you know, 500 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like, it's a completely ridiculous ratio. If we bring him back... Do you think we will, though? Oh, I don't know. We've talked about it a few times. I think someone's going to take a punt on him. I, well, I did say it last week. There'll be teams out there that are desperate. Do you know who I think it will? Cleveland. No. Who? Patriots. Oh, God, don't say that. I just think they do that, though. They yeah. just hoover up. Because you can afford for him to be injured because you've got Gronk. He's like, yeah, you've got Gronk, but he's injured half the season anyway. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. That's but, a good point. You know, I mean, I hope we keep him just because I think... But the truth... Just because he's got that X factor, as you say, but there's you know. very rarely situations if you're a team where someone with that level of talent is offered to you. And like I said, the Bengals will offer him a deal where they'll say, "Look, you know, we're happy to have you back, but we're going to offer you all these get out of jail free clauses if you're injured, everything else." And someone will go, well, "We're not. We're going to offer you guaranteed money. Actually, yeah. come play for us." And he's going to take it. And there's enough teams out there that don't get offered that level of talent for the price they'll have to pay for it, and they'll be willing to take uh, a risk. Well, a calculated risk, they'd yeah. argue, because every physio or every team doctor, the Tyler Eifert's agent will speak to, will be, oh, he's completely fine. Like, he's completely yeah. fine. We promise you, he's going to be, you know, there's no reason he can't play 16 games. Yeah, when Someone's he... like, like, the Browns, Hugh Jackson knows him. Yeah. Hugh Jackson desperately but needs then you talent. But then you look at someone like Arizona, they could do with a, they could do with a, um, a good tight end. They've got Jermaine Gresham, for God's sake. Well. So, <laughs> um, you know, Seattle could do, I mean, Jimmy Graham's probably going to go. Yeah. You a know, lot of teams could, get, could use you know, a, a pro bowl tight end. Yeah, I mean, you know, if fit, he's up there. With oh, he is. Gronkowski and Kelsey is one of yeah, the, yeah. the league's best. He's probably a know. top five tight end if he's healthy. Absolutely. And Sam can't stop himself. This is at Sam Anger Sam. <laughs> um, over under, will AJ Green and John Ross get more touchdowns combined next year than Carl Lawson and Carlos Dunlap combined sacks? Bloody hell. That's a tough one. So Green and Ross touchdowns. Versus... Lawson and Dunlap sacks. Now bear in mind, I'm going Lawson Dunlap. So what you're saying? How many sacks? Say were Green gets twelve and has a decent year. He normally gets about eight or nine touchdowns a year. I'm going Green more. twelve next year. Yeah, right. I'm going Ross three. Five? Three. I'm going Ross seventeen. I reckon Dunlap's going to go about ten, and I reckon Kyle Lawson could go twelve. Kyle Lawson could go mental next year. He could do, or he could have a second. See, second Dunlap get, got under a, Austin. Remember, Austin's an aggressive defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's such a tricky question. I think I, I'm going to go. That's why I love him. I'm going to go AJ nine touchdowns next year, and I'm going to go John Ross five touchdowns. Okay, so that's fourteen. Yeah, and I'm going to go Carl Lawson six sacks next year, and Dunlap seven. Oh, I hope they'll. So I'm going. So that means I'm going AJ and John, Jr. Oh, you're being conservative there, Paul. I think. Well, just because Dunlap had a bit of a down year this yeah, year, yeah. in terms of sacks, he still played pretty well. And one one play that we haven't mentioned, Dunlap's pick six against the Colts. Do you remember that? That literally, that was an awful game as oh, well. Oh, it was one of the it, worst. It thing. was really bad, yeah. and he basically just took that game by the scruff of its neck. Yeah. And won it for us. We didn't deserve to win that game. We didn't. And the Colts were awful, but they played well that game. We were dreadful. We were dreadful. He literally said, you know what? Like, And the Colts were ahead and they yeah. were on the drive. They didn't need to be doing that. And he literally just said, you know what? I'm not losing to, was it Jacoby Brissett or yeah, whatever yeah, it was? Yeah. And he just, I've had enough of this. I would, I would love, one of the players that I would love to get on, you know, during the season or whatever, is Carlos. He just would be brilliant, wouldn't he? You know, he came over when the NFL UK, those lovely NFL UK types, um, <laughs> had their night in Kings Cross in North London, and it was him and Domitar Peco that came over and got a chance to say hello to Carlos. I mean, he is, you know, I, I'm not the tallest, but he is massive. Yeah, you know? he's six, uh, but seven, he was a, he's yeah. a lovely bloke. Lovely Wouldn't bloke. Peco have been a great guest if he was still here? He'd be. A beautiful, he would have come on he, as well. Oh, of I think. He's a. I mean, he was. Do you remember when we were at the, the meetup, didn't we, in London? Yes. And he he had the old uh, video message for us then, didn't he? Stand up, guy, Domitar Peco. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame that he moved on, but absolutely. 
Um, right, we're going back to Jamie again. Jamie Rowe with the unpronounceable uh, Twitter handle. <laughs> Who would win in an arm wrestle, Nathan or Paul? Do you know what? Paul has got some big arms. I'm looking at them now. They're, they're reasonable size. I mean, I, I reckon it'd be quite tight. Paul's quite stocky. He's short, but he's stocky. Yeah. And I'm not the tallest guy either. And I'm a little bit stocky. So it could be an interesting matchup. Now, place inter- your bets. When Jamie put this out here a couple of weeks ago or last week, <laughs> um, a guy from Australia called Ryan Blue Bowen, at Ryan Blue Bowen, got in touch. He must have had some sort of arm wrestling algorithm going on in Twitter. <laughs> And he got back. I mean, he doesn't follow us in any way, shape or form. And he said, let me coach the underdog guaranteed win. And I just thought, who the hell is this? It's like a reality TV show. I know, right? And I looked him up and he's a professional arm wrestler. He is a professional arm wrestler. Who's the underdog though, me or you? Well, I don't think there is. I think it's kind of, I think there's arguments for both sides here. (laughs) Um, So we, I got in touch with uh, Ryan and he said he'd be up for coaching us. Now, he lives in Australia, so I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. Our budget doesn't stretch to a, a, budget a flight about, over about to London. five of these beers every week. <laughs> exactly. But we, we are going to get him on Skype at some stage <laughs> to uh, forget Ken Anderson, forget Kevin Huber. Season two's already taken a sharp oh, dip. Ken, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And we're going to get him on, and we're going to talk to him about uh, arm wrestling training. And That'd be a good listen. I mean, uh, I bet you guys just cannot wait to uh, listen to that. Um, Honestly, that'd be interesting, though. Like, if you've got a few tips about the wrist actions and stuff, you know, you well, never know, dear. Well, we look forward to that. I heard about your wrist action. <laughs> hey, boom, boom. Um, right, Michael Smith. Hello, Mike. Uh, at Bengal underscore Mike. And he'll be on the podcast. I must say, um, the only reason that we haven't had a third member of a, the Bengals UK a group on... Um, it's because they're not good enough and it's just me and Paul from no, now on. No, 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 no. It is because, if you remember, we had a dodgy third mic. Yeah. And um, we haven't replaced that yet. So as soon as we get a third mic, we will have uh, another Bengals UK person on. But Michael Smith says or asks, what is your favourite Bengals uniform combo of all time? And I'm going the classic. It's got to be. It's got to be black tops, white. Um, well, they're not shorts, are they? They're trousers, I think. Pants, 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 yeah, yeah. I go the old white tiger combo. I thought it was stunning. You know the one they used in the color rush. Everyone was going mad about that. I, oh, I love, I do love the color rush. Beautiful, because you look at the color rush, and that's just another ridiculous gimmick. Gimmick to kind of get fans to buy more. Well, merch. it is, yeah, but it's beautiful though. And you look at the other teams. I do feel sorry for the other teams because they're just like. They're not that different from their original kits. No, I know. Whereas our Colour Rush kit, that's like really great. It's amazing. It's difficult to get it as well, though. It's not very like... I've seen... And they're quite expensive as well. Yeah, and I remember in the Admiralty, there's a couple of geezers wearing the White Tiger one. And I was sort of like trying to claw it off their back. You know what I mean? (laughs) Is that why you got thrown out that night? (laughs) (laughs) Enough of that. This next question is from Simon Hunter. At Simon Hunter, I think there's an underscore in there somewhere, but you know, you can find out if you want to get in touch with him. Uh, And of course, Simon was another uh, co-host of ours a few episodes ago. Um, If... Um, if you could describe yourselves as NFL draft prospects, how would you? Um, <laughs> it's such a great question. I was loving this. I read this at work and I was like, this is the sort of question that you've got to be asking. And our very own Jamie Rowe chimed in with some descriptions. Now, I've got Paul's in front of me that Jamie has written out and I completely agree with it. And I'm going to do it like Mike Mayock from NFL Network. Are you ready? See, Hiron's his experience in a pro-style system. He's calm and composed under pressure with strong leadership skills. I think my issue with Hiron's he's undersized and he's got a little bit off-field concerns dating back to, you know, that suplexing of a policeman back in 2012. That's my only issue with Paul Hiron's. Wow, it was almost like Mike Mayock was here in the same room. So let's just uh, recap that in a in a in an accent that anyone everyone can understand. Uh, Hirons experience in a pro style system, calm and composed under pressure, and strong leadership. Undersized with off field concerns dating back 
to him suplexing a copper. We don't really answer the suplexing a copper. Is now, too... well, we have to give context because <laughs> people are like, what? <laughs> suplexing a policeman? Um, now, we we talk on Twitter, sometimes in private messages and whatnot, and Nathan spread this rumour a while back <laughs> that I was seen suplexing a policeman in my hometown on, what, like a Friday it's night, 2am? It's not a rumour. And I'm not quite sure where he got this from. But It's not a rumour, and there's more context to it than that, but you've got to keep listening to find out more, because if, if I said it on air, it would affect the court case. So To be honest with you, I had to Google what <laughs> suplexing meant. I had no idea, because I absolutely hate wrestling. Wrestling is an absolute crock of <laughs> nonsense, in my opinion. Right, Paul, and moving on, you've got <laughs> to do mine to in a Mike Mayock accent, <clears throat> so I hope you've got your best one lined up. Ready? Well, you know the kid, Palmer, prototypical prod- podcast. I can't even say it. There's too Four many P's. <laughs> Try saying that and, then re- and after like half a bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> right. Palmer, you know the kid. He's got prototypical podcast prospect. He's he's had growth into the role after a difficult start. He, You know, the kid is occasionally erratic, erratic. He's got good cadence. The kid, you know, the kid is a kid and he's a kid. <laughs> not bad. I, I like that you had a real Brooklyn accent in there. I thought. I know, but he's not. I don't know. I don't know where he's got that from. I don't he's know got where. great size. He's got a great size. Great size. Now Nathan doesn't know this, but what I've got planned for, uh, as I say, we're going to take a break, but then we're going to be back for um, free agency. Yep, has to be done. Although you know the Bengals' record in free agency means that. It will be likely that there will be nothing going on. It'll be tumbleweeds for the first <laughs> no, couple of weeks. No, I think you're, I think there's going to be. I Who really knows? do. I really do. But we will we will be back for the draft. Oh, what Nathan doesn't know is that me and Nathan are you know I, I think James got those uh, spot on apart from the suplexing bit. Um, <laughs> me and Nathan are going to go to a local athletics track, and we're going to do our own. Podcast combine forty yard dash. We're going to do yeah, the forty like yard this. dash. I like this. We're going to do this the standing jump. <laughs> we're going to do the long jump, and we're going to get Simon Hunter and another couple of people, and we're going to try and get someone to time or, and we might even film it for a bit of a laugh. How about that? <laughs> I've got to go under five seconds on the forty. If I can't five run seconds. under five seconds, yeah, you I'm, never get I'm twenty-seven. I'm in okay shape. I've got to go under five. Four point nine five. Sam Anger is the king of over unders. Yeah, We're Sam, gonna put it out there. Do you yeah. think Nathan will go under five seconds? I can do it, I reckon. Down. I've got I'll just trim about another two or three pounds off. Get... I reckon you'll be lucky to get under ten seconds. Oh stop it under ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. a good idea. We'll go over Parliament New Athletics track. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's something to look forward to yeah. in the uh, <laughs> upcoming months. Um now. We've just got some random shout outs. Um, VB at Von Blade, who's a good guy. Um, that, a good handle as well. That Ken Anderson isn't in the Hall of Fame. It's my favourite because it's so insane. Uh, That's referring to the bit of trivia, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that is the most. I mean, I think uh, Greg Rosenthal uh, on the NFL site literally this week named his top kind of 50 quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. And Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson, who we had on this show. On this very podcast. He uh, he was rated in the kind of in or should be in bracket. He came in the number 22 or something like that. That's big, isn't it? 22. Of all time. Yeah. Of all, yeah, yeah. Not like the past 20 years, but yeah, like yeah. of all time. So, um, Vonnie, I couldn't believe, I couldn't uh, disagree on that one. Ben Wintle, who's always a frequent uh, correspondent on Facebook. Hello, Ben. Thanks for all the interaction over this series. Honestly, boys, this has been a fantastic series and you two should be proud if only our season was as good. Here what a shout out there. Cheers, Ben. Appreciate the feedback, mate. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Chris Hood, another um, ardent supporter of the show and certainly someone from my age group who remembers the boomer years. Uh, that's at CP. Looking forward to hearing it. Big shout out to all the Bengals fans in the UK. Enjoy the Sunday night. It'll be less tense than one year's time when we're playing. How about that? Let's have that. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Jamie again. Hello, Jamie. I'm not having Nathan going on about Pret-a-Manger either. It's bollocks. <laughs> oh, Greg's, God, Griggs, do better sandwiches by a mile. That is absolute wars. northern trash right there. <laughs> this is Jamie. I didn't even see you. I've seen this. I'd have prepped some notes for it. Pret all day over Greg's. Geezer's got to be having a laugh. Like if I give you a pret set, Paul, if you got a minute to have a pret, 
pisses all over Greg's. See, I think they're neck and neck. I oh, know. stop it. Greg's pasties, man. You can't yeah, they're, not... They're just filth, though. They are filth, and that's what's amazing. Yeah, them. but you're talking filth and you're okay, talking a fine wine. If, you, if I go for lunch, right, yeah. I'm going to go for prep. Yeah. If I'm on the way home and I've had a few drinks... I'm going to go to Greg's and get a pasty. Yeah, it's because you're drunk away. and you make a bad decision. Like, will you suplex that policeman? Anyway, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, Richard Jones at Row Jones 82. Um, uh, another top class listen. I often feel I'm in, ins- I'm in some alternate reality. Being a Bengals fan in the UK and having a great UK-based pod to listen to, pinch me. Now, uh, we can't promise to pinch you, Richard, but... Um, we appreciate the sentiments because I think that's exactly why we yeah. started it, right? Because, as I said to Kevin, you know, supporting not just the Bengals but an NFL team is quite a solitary experience in the UK. We haven't got the sports bars. We haven't got the amount of fans to kind of congregate with. We we all kind of chat away on Twitter. So this is all about bringing fans together at the end of the day. Yeah, you had to get your quote in there, didn't no, you? it's true. I'm quite it's passionate about, about you it. As it is about No, I'm not going to go down that road again, but <laughs> it is, man. It's no, totally... it is. I mean, I, you know, when I, I hadn't seen Paul in about, it must have been more than a year, and now I see him every bloody week on a Tuesday, and when we started this off, we thought, you know, let's, let's have a crack at it, see what happens, and the response from all you guys has been absolutely incredible. Like, it's fun, it's enjoyable, we love taking your questions, we really desperately want to do a meet-up at some point where we can get everyone together, we can have a few beers, and we can, you know, either watch a Bengals game or watch the draft or whatever else, so we can't say thank you enough. We'll be back in, what, about a month, Paul, probably around free agency? Yeah, and- I mean, the, the immediate timeline now is like, you know, everybody enjoy the Super Bowl, mm. uh, and then kind of the weird, that weird little kind of post-Super Bowl lull when everybody, every NFL fan realises that there's nothing going on but life's over until September. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, yes, we're going to have a few episodes around free agency. Yep. We're going to have a few episodes around draft day. Yep. We're going to be talking within the group about trying to get a meetup yep. around draft weekend. Don't Absolutely. quote us on that, but we're, we're going to try. But next week after the Super Bowl, when we're not trying to publicise this podcast, is um, we're going to send out a a fan survey yeah. because we want to know we've got loads of followers which is amazing but we want to know how many of you there are out there in the UK how many Bengals fans live in the UK what you want to see from a, a kind of a group a fan group like Bengals UK do you want to see more meetups do you want to see more podcasts if you want meetups would you come to them that's always the problem we're all dotted around the country, um, where would you like to see a meetup? Where would you, you know, w- would you come to them? What would you want to see there? What sort of beers do you want? <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so we're all up for this. This has been a, a kind of a steady uh, kind of growth for us. Um, and we want to take it more because, what can I say? We're Bengals fans and that's who we are. Absolutely. I'm shaking Paul's hand here to end season one. What a great season. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. Like I said, we really appreciate everything. And we look forward to an exciting season two and 2018-19 season. Nathan. Paul. Been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. We'll see you in about a month's time. See you guys. Cheers. Now, um, regular listeners will know that I like to end things on a bit of music. And this week, this past week, um, certainly one of my musical heroes... And I know Jamie, Jamie Rose, musical hero, has passed away. His name was Marky Smith, and he was in a band called The Four. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.